0: The Bridge on FM 969 The Game, powered by Advent time, Health. Time, time,
1: see what's of me. That's right, Advent Health. There's Children's Day of Giving only two days away, December 14th. It's your chance to help kids in the hospital this holiday season. Your donation stays local and it helps cover gas and grocery bills for families with kids undergoing treatment. Visit Give for Kids today dot com to donate. Kelly Velez, winner, uh, what's the theme? Yes, you know,
0: Winter Solstice is right around the corner. I figured we do, you know, songs about cold weather, winter. And look around, these are brown now. And the sky is a hazy shade of winter.
1: I hang on to your hopes, my friend. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go with. I have no idea. Yeah, you did.
0: Sounds like the monkeys. Uh, kind of be, uh, What? High, right.
1: What'd you say? It's the springtime of my life. It looks oh, like Daniels is kind of spazzing over here. Hold on, Daniels you spazzing with us. Spazzing out on us.
0: You got me. Hello. Oh, there you go. There we, you go. You. there we go. There we go.
1: I said the monkeys, and you were about
0: to say something. Well, same here. A duo, which the lead guy set up uh, the other guy. Oh, uh, listen, we're going to have to reconnect Daniels real quick on this one. Yeah, but reconnect yeah, Daniels real quick, real quick, Mike. Let's see. do not you play the it. game
1: with me, Kelly? Villis. I was about
0: to say, let's do it real quick. Bridge over troubled water, Mike. Come on.
1: Oh, Simon and Garf.
0: Okay. That is correct. Now, Daniels, I know you're listening right now. Just tune back in. Keep it, keep it good. Okay, I'm just going to reset our situation right now. <laughs>
1: Okay, we're going to rejoin Mark Daniels. He is not in studio this morning. He is on location on a piece of equipment. Um, but I want Mark Daniels to finally reveal his Heisman Trophy vote. I revealed mine earlier this morning. Um, Mike Huganin revealed his uh, just a few minutes ago. And Mark Daniels, when he calls in, he will reveal his Heisman Trophy vote. Of course, Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. He did win the Heisman, uh, won it very comfortably uh, over Max Duggan, who was in second place, and then um, third place was C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, and in fourth place was Stetson Bennett. My ballot was Caleb Williams, number one, Max Duggan, number two, but then I had Jordan Travis of Florida State, number three on my ballot. Um, so that was my ballot. Uh, I I like to put if if I think a local guy is deserving, and I think Jordan Travis had the type of year where you know I didn't put him number one on my ballot, but I, I thought he deserved some acknowledgement for the type of year that Florida State had. Obviously, a turnaround season for Florida State. So, um, so that was my ballot and my thinking. Mark Daniels, are you back?
0: I believe I'm back. How are you?
1: I am doing splendid, Mark. Um, We were just talking about uh, revealing the Heisman ballot. Are you ready to reveal your very uh, well researched
0: uh, (laughs) Heisman? Sure. Uh, I did end up voting for Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I voted Hendon Hooker second.
1: Mm, Okay, good for
0: you. And uh, then what I what I've done with third on my ballot is I usually try to find someone that I know is not going to win that I think was really good in big games. And I admit I'm mm-hmm. biased. I voted Tajay Spears out of Tulane third.
1: Oh, okay. I have no, I have no issue with that.
0: Broad, yeah, broad, honestly. Um, I, I think Mike Eugenin was right earlier. Peter Williams had massive numbers in big games this was good. He didn't really have Heisman moments. taught twice. He did play well. Notre Dame, uh, UCLA. But the numbers are, are that big. I think Hendon Hooker, unfortunately, was forgotten by people because of the injury. And you go back and take a look at how well he played in games that you thought were really big games for Tennessee is that they were building their resume throughout the year, which includes the Pitt game earlier a Florida game because of where that rivalry was and, and those two teams at the time, the Alabama game. Um, and then, again, for Tajay Spears, he, he played really well for a good two-lane football team on the back end of their schedule. He was dinged up on the front end of the schedule. In the first matchup against UCF, he only ran the ball eight times because of an injury and put 130 yards up on the board. So that, that that's my top three.
1: Mm, there you go. I have no issue with putting Spears on the ballot. I really don't.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: I'm at Tulane. Oh, uh, we uh, you know, I put Jordan Travis on my ballot because of the breakthrough season that Florida State had, but hell, Tulane, you want to talk about a breakthrough season. Good lord. They went from yeah. 2 and 10 to to conference champs and the Cotton Bowl for crying out loud.
0: Yeah. So, that's <laughs> uh um yeah.
1: What did you think about Navy firing uh coach Ken?
0: Kenny Amato Lola? Yes. Yeah. Well, Daniel, um, I'm, I'm I'm close with him, so I just want I know. I uh, yeah. Um, understand and 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 yet kind of sad and, and yet the business of college football. We think that the academies are immune to it, and yet they're not. I mean, Navy plays in the American, and they're not just there because they want help scheduling. They're there because they want to compete, and they did for a couple years when Navy. You know, it's winning 10 games a year. Uh, They weren't just while you're playing the Navy. And um, I think that uh, Kenny Amatololola's loyalty to Navy instead of bouncing to a job a couple years ago when he was a candidate some other places, maybe for him professionally, was the wrong decision. Although I don't think he regrets staying at Navy. I understand their feelings of maybe wanting a change. Mike Eugen, I think, was dead on. What style of play are you going to use is going to be a big factor. As Mike pointed out, it's hard to get linemen to commit to go there, but it's also very hard to get a talent pool to run that offense. There are not many high schools that run that offense anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll be curious, obviously, you don't recruit like everybody else to Navy, but they do have some transfers. I mean, the one thing I found interesting about their roster preparing for this year, they, they do have a number of guys that transferred into Navy. So we'll see about who gets that job of the direction for the program.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. But, yeah. Uh, did, did you deal with Coach Ken much?
0: I wouldn't say deal. I mean, we played Navy, uh, what, uh, four times while uh, –
1: And there goes Mark Daniels again. All right, straight ahead, uh, what are we going to talk about? We've got a lot of NFL to talk about. I want to run some of my overreactions by Mark Daniels. Also, a sad story uh, at UCF we'll get to with Mark as well. That's next on The Bridge. Welcome back to The Bridge. You're brought, brought to you by Advent Health. With the support of world class expertise and whole person care, it's time to feel whole with Advent Health. To learn more, visit adventhealth.com. Before we get into the NFL stories of the weekend, uh, sad news uh, for the UCF football family over the weekend former UCF tight end Jake Hescock. Uh, Died Sunday. Uh, He was only 25 years old. He suffered a cardiac arrest while jogging Tuesday in Boston. A passerby provided CPR. He was brought to a hospital before being placed on life support. Um, But uh, yesterday, I guess he was taken off life life support and passed away at the age of 25. Uh, Mark, tell us about uh, Jake a little bit.
0: Jake Hescott was a really good football player, Mike, a tight end. But if you just read some of the incredible comments by people on social media, especially to his teammates, he was far more than just a, a, a football player. He was a guy that um, cared about people, um, liked to joke around, and, and made people feel like family. And if they could judge a person by the outpouring of emotion – of that uh, just tragic news and uh, the UCF community and those beyond, you know, I think uh showing what Jake meant to them. Uh, Jake was, a, like I said, he was a certainly a good football player for UCF but impacted his teammates um, in many ways. When I think night fans learned of that story last week, you just kind of scratched your head. Um person in great shape just enjoying a run and to tragically, you know, go down like that. Somebody was there to, you know, perform CPR um, you hope that there would be uh, better news and then just the sad post of his passing and um, at such a young age any loss of life it, it, it's horrific and um, that was a hard one um, any passing is a hard one and, and it's just when you know people and you're like wait a minute that guy that w- w- hang on what are you talking about it stung and, and as I said I, you know, I've read and it's peaceful in a sense that you read some of the comments by his teammates that knew Jake far better than I did, and uh, to know that he, despite at a young age leaving us, impacted a lot of people. And those are those are great friends. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to have millions of people follow you. It, it, it's the impact you have on others that is the ultimate measurement of your life. And um, you know, just prayers, thoughts with uh, Jake's family and to the UCF family uh, to, to lose somebody at such a young age. It, it, it's really sad.
1: Mark another tragic death over the weekend and you are a big big soccer fan Grant Wall the noted uh soccer journalist probably the most well-known soccer writer in this country he passed away while covering a game at the World Cup he was 40 not only 49 years old um did did you ever have ever have any interaction with Grant was he ever on your show um what's his legacy as far as a soccer journalist
0: well first and foremost just uh, incredibly sad news there the loss of grant i did have grant on my show many years ago when grant was i would say his early as he was working at sports illustrated and then his soccer began to really take off and he sort of see more on national shows um so i had had grant on it quite some time he developed a you know very strong following and as soccer this country grew grant was one of the leaders and the coverage of the sport. Mike, this one is, um, this one comes with some questions. Um, quick background for those that don't know. Grant was very vocal about Qatar getting the World Cup, covered some of the stories about the human rights issues in, uh, uh, uh Qatar, um, about the stadium to the migrant workers, and, uh, yet went to cover the World Cup the opening day, posted a picture of himself wearing a rainbow shirt. Um, in support of LBGTQ, um, a, 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 of the community and was asked to take that shirt off and it became a bit of a story and it continued to question some of the things in that country. So when the news broke about his passing, it did raise some, it, uh, you know, some eyebrows of people as to what happened there. Now, I know it's dangerous to jump to conclusions, but a lot of people kind of wonder, um, uh, is there something more to, this story than just someone that also appeared to be in very good health and to uh, go into cardiac arrest. There, I don't know any other details of what anybody else has read. Um, Fox obviously, uh, it, you know, made a, a, a few comments about Grant and covered his uh, career, but a lot of people wonder what else there might be to the story. And I'm not aware if you know any autopsy has been done or will be done to learn more about it, but. I'm not quite sure the story is as simple as uh, um he suffered cardiac arrest. I hope that there is a full investigation and if that is a conclusion then so be it but there are people that wonder about this
1: although i guess he was i, I guess he was ill um uh while he was over there he had some sort of flu like symptoms actually had to go to the uh to the hos- uh, i don't know if it was the hospital the emergency room or uh, actually it was the it was the medical tent at the World Cup, the media medical tent, and he uh, he actually wrote about that he'd had a a, a cold over the last ten days. Then it turned into something more severe yeah. on the night of the U.S. Netherlands game. They don't know if that has anything to do with it, but yeah, very very.
0: Yeah, and like, if that is the case, not that that is okay that he lost his life that way. I just i i, I think that um, a lot of people are curious to learn if they can pinpoint the cause that there is nothing more to it and, and I admit it, it, I'm not trying to jump from A to B and B being that there's foul play involved. I just think that because of grants coverage those people that wonder um, mm. is that a situation and maybe they'll get some answers in the coming weeks. I don't
1: know yeah the other the other major story when it comes to health issues Mike leach. Is in the hospital in Jackson, Mississippi now. Evidently, he's in uh, some sort of serious condition because uh, they have named an interim coach, the defensive coordinator, uh, until hopefully Mike Leach gets back. Wow, that was a shock as well
0: how many details other than he was airlifted and um, and then you saw a lot of people on social media like hey you know please thoughts and prayers it, it, it appears to be quite serious and I don't know more details on that either but um, let's hope for the best but uh, that was uh, uh, one of those wow look at that story I'm sorry to hear about it yeah
1: alright let's say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee at FM 96.5 The Spear if you want to keep listening you know what to do just find us on the iHeartRadio app. Search for 96.9 The Game in Orlando. Otherwise, we'll catch you bright and early 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Let's pause for station identification. All right, Daniels, we we do overreactions every Monday, all right? Um, I want to read you some of my overreactions From the sports weekend, we did a poll on it. All right, Uh, and I want to I want to start with the with the Bucks game. The Bucks got absolutely annihilated, thirty five to seven by the Forty Nine ers. Brock Purdy outduels Tom Brady. Uh, It's unbelievable to me. Not that the Bucks lost the game. The Forty Nine ers are a good team, but that Brock Purdy absolutely riddled and bum-fuzzled the Buccaneers' defense. My overreaction to this is we know that the Bucks' offense is struggling, but what about that defense, all right? Todd Bowles, in my opinion, on the overreaction Monday, Todd Bowles is on the hot seat right now, Daniels.
0: Yeah, you know, Mike, um, we're all guilty of this. I mean, you kind of played it up on Mondays. It's part of the show. But but you know we all want to overreact to the most recent thing that we see. But I do think if you take a step back and look at the Bucks, and you know they still may win this division. But let's start here. Do you think Tom Brady is the Buccaneer quarterback next year? No. Okay, let's stop there. Who who's the Buck quarterback next year? Uh. I have no idea, Kyle. Okay.
1: Ask. I don't know.
0: Right, which means they're in trouble because they put the chips in the table and they won a Super Bowl. And, and, and this is the question that you know. I mean, at some point we all have fun during the year. Like we told a Magic fan today, I'll give you one NBA championship next season, but then you got to go fifteen years without sniffing the title. Would you make that deal? Yes. Well. The, well, the 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 Bucks and Rams may have done that the last couple of years by saying we're going to go all in. We're going to get Tom Brady now again with the COVID year. We're going to get Tom Brady. We'll bring some other guys back, and they won a Super Bowl. The Rams gave up all the draft picks, signed every free agent, did whatever they can, and I look where the Rams are. If you don't think Brady's coming back, where's their offense with an aging Leonard Fournette and offensive line decimated by injuries this year? and a defense that actually hadn't played that poorly but then got torched yesterday with a head coach that everybody said, well, he didn't get a fair shake with the Jets. Well, okay, maybe. Isn't it incredible how the Bucks went from Super Bowl champions to a team that two years later you may go, boy, I don't know where they are right now. That's how fast it can change for the Buccaneers in the National Football League. I don't know what their identity is going to be after this year.
1: Talking about how fa- how fast things can change. Let's go to the Dolphins. They get beaten 23-17 by the Chargers. Justin Herbert was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote duel of the two quarterbacks that were drafted fifth and sixth overall in 2020. Justin Herbert won that going away. Tua was awful yesterday. 10 of 28, 145 yards. Here's my overreaction. Um, The Dolphins fattened up on a bunch of Humpty Dumpties during that five-game winning streak. We are now seeing that Tua is just a fraud, Daniels. Wow.
0: Wow. Overreaction Monday. Here's where I'll agree and disagree. Okay. The part about the schedule, now they beat Buffalo. But you may say that they're the classic case of the team that got into the AP top 10 that didn't beat anybody but one team and then struggled. In Tua's case, some of this may be on Mike McDaniel as well the last couple of weeks. He took, quote, ownership of it. And maybe some of it's on him. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Daniels, um, there's a thought, and Tua was even asked about this yesterday. And one of the Chargers linebackers, uh, Drew Tranquil, said that uh, they, they've scouted Tua. They knew he loved to throw inside the hashes, so they sort of took away the middle of the field and forced him to throw it to the outside. I'm wondering if defenses, at least the last couple of weeks, if they've figured out Tua.
0: Well, I'm putting a I'm mic on putting down a here mic in the in. studio right now. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, I think I think what's happened, he relied a little bit too much on Tyree Kill last night, who was targeted ten times, the rest of his receiving core fourteen, and Jane O'Malley had two catches last night, so there may be something to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um finally my Jaguars. My God.
1: Trevor Lawrence, I'm in love with this guy now. Three 360- well, hundred. didn't you want him to
0: win a game to prove to you?
1: Absolutely, and he's 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 looked really good. Like last week, he got you know he got hurt a little bit, so he wasn't as good last week. But the well, two of the last three weeks, he has played lights out—a career high 368 yards yesterday. The Jaguars bury their longtime nemesis, the Titans, 36 to 22. They're only two games behind the Titans now it's happening for a Tennessee. the Tennessee. Yeah, they've lost three in a row now.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing about uh, the Jags, I didn't, and uh, going back and forth with everything, I didn't see much of Jacksonville, but, again, we're, we're, we're magnifying a smaller sample size. It, it, I think Doug Peterson, and it may have been in the Jacksonville paper, said, I started from scratch with this kid. I don't count last year. And I had to build him up to fit the system that I want to run. And he said it, it was going to take a full year. That may not be what fans wanted. And maybe the game has slowed down now for Trevor Lawrence. And stop and think about this, Mike. In really what is his third offensive system in three years, meaning he's at Clemson where he knew that one. Then you go with Urban Meyer, whatever that was, and then all the noise with that. And maybe he needed what amounts to you know two-thirds of a season with Doug Peterson and to get some consistency before things begin to click. And, and the reality for a Jaguar fan, Mike, and, and I think you admit you're a Jaguar fan, the sense of don't you at least want the season to end with you feeling like, okay, I think there is something there. Whether the team gets in the hunt for the playoffs, and I don't think they will, you just want to feel like, I think Trevor Lawrence now is finally beginning to look as if there's something there. And, and that's what you want going into this off season, right? That's what you really yeah. want. Yeah, and you
1: want just sort of like Magic fans. You want to be playing meaningful games at the end of the season. And I'm not saying the Jaguars will catch the Titans, but they are only two games uh, behind the Titans in that division. There's four games left. The Titans look to be like they're sinking. The Jaguars look like they're rising. So, yeah, as long as the Jaguars are making a run at the end of the season, whether they get there or not, I think that's what Jaguar fans want to see. And they want, you know, this was a season to see – is Trevor Lawrence going to be the franchise quarterback everybody hoped he would be? Well, right now your answer is
0: yes. So yeah, Jaguar fans feel really good. But but you know what else? I think a Jaguar fan also feels better about Mike, who was the guy that looks like well now looks like he matched some talent. They they get an incomplete last year. Who got hurt? Who was the other first last round year? pick? Travis oh, tra- Uh Yeah. Who didn't do much yesterday? But no, but 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 I th- well he no not yesterday, but but I think also uh, you know getting him healthy for this year is also going to help. He's still a weapon. I still think you can have something there uh, with him. But uh, oh yeah, I mean that, that, again that was a good win for them uh, yesterday and uh, something to build on. I mean just like your just like your lions. How about that? <laughs> that the thing about the Tro- uh, Detroit all week? Everybody goes, oh, what's Vegas doing? How, how are the 5-7 and seven Lions favored over the 10-2 and two Vikings? You know, what's going on there? Sometimes Vegas buried. knows,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, buried him. Lions have won five of six. You know what, though, Daniels? Unless something happens, obviously injuries play a key factor in the NFL. Yeah. Unless the Eagles get some injuries, nobody's beating these guys. My God, what they did to your Giants yesterday?
0: Well, okay, several things here. Um, I mean, not excuses. The Giants healthy would have watched yesterday. But the Giants are missing three starters on defense. Three of their four uh, uh, backups on their secondary were out, and just a disaster, and Saquon Barkley wasn't healthy. The Eagles are really good. Right now, though, you tell me Philadelphia, San Francisco playing in a conference championship game. Are you absolutely picking Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, The way Jalen Hurts is playing. Are yes. you kidding? The purdy machine is rolling? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I, I will say this, though. San Francisco's defense versus Philadelphia's offense, I'd like to watch that matchup. That would be really good. And even though they should have lost the Texans yesterday, the Cowboys' offense um, is also a pretty good matchup against uh, both Philadelphia and San Francisco's uh Defense, but look, give the Eagles credit. People do not even know who their head coach was at the end of the season last year. But, you know, when Nick Sirianni got hired. It was like, who, who are the Eagles hiring? You know, what is that? And the same stuff about Jalen Hurts and like, well, he's not gonna cut it, and everything. And, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, oh that's right, he has some weapons around him. Let's think about last night in, in, in that football game. Isn't it funny how good Justin Herbert looks when he's got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out there? Yeah.
1: Looks a lot better,
0: no question. <laughs> Isn't it funny when you put weapons around people and all of a sudden they begin to produce and you have some success there? We played a clip from Jalen Hurts earlier today and and
1: and the gist of it was I carry my scars around with me wherever I go. And he was talking about, you know, probably being benched at Alabama in place of Tua, uh, you know, probably being, you know, People didn't believe he could be a high-level quarterback in the NFL. And, man, you want to talk about proving everybody wrong. Jalen Hurts
0: is the poster child for that. Good Lord. Yeah, he should be an MVP candidate. Um, He's the front-runner, Daniels.
1: Who's going to beat him?
0: uh... Nobody.
1: It's not even close, in my opinion. Is it, I mean, Josh Allen? Who?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess he... he I, again, I wouldn't ever prompt anybody who voted for him. And, uh, you know, the Eagles are, rightfully so, uh, uh, a team that you would expect to be there. Uh, but I, I, I'll be curious again. Playoffs and, you know, the Purdy thing is a fun story. Uh, of course, it only adds to the genius that is Kyle Shanahan. Um, but... That San Francisco defense, I think it's pretty legit. As is Philadelphia's defense, is really good as well. So.
1: I'm trying to think who else... Seriously, who else would even be...
0: Who who else would even... even well, close? if they had finished strong, I would have made an argument, although they may end up really struggling, uh, and, and, and that would be Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's on pace for 2,000 yards. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then you still have quarterbacks who so put up big numbers, but the Dolphins may... I mean, you take a look at the schedule now. Miami's going to go from a team... That he could have argued could contend to the AFC to now will fight to make the playoffs. Because, fair or not, and the schedule in some ways always balances itself out. Miami with the two games out west, the benefit of staying out there. But nonetheless, two games, San Francisco and Los Angeles against the Chargers. Cross-country flight short week to play at Buffalo. Woo!
1: (laughs) If they don't make the playoffs, oh my God. What a disappointment that would be.
0: Well, it's, uh, I mean, that schedule, I mean, you looked at it, and to go back to your point earlier, did you fatten up early in the year? And the point is you did get all those wins because of what was uh, the back end of that schedule, but now they do suddenly find themselves, if they lose on Saturday in Buffalo, it, it it does begin to get a little bit more challenging of what you thought was a lot to make the playoffs. I guess Joe Burrow would be an MVP. He, he's an MVP candidate. Bengals
1: are starting to get hot now.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell me about the finish and then to get a better candidacy for that. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Come back. We got more of the bridge brought to Bath Health after this timeout. Mm-hmm. Big Steely Dan fan? No,
1: not at all. One of my least favorite least <laughs> favorites. They're talented. But yeah, I'm, I've never been a Steely Steely Dan guy. Wait, it's not just a guy.
0: No, it's two guys. Oh, Scott's very disappointed right now. Yeah. Scott, you thought first name Steely?
1: Well, I thought like he just like that was his like shtick,
0: but his name was Dan.
1: Huh. Yeah, I, I loved. Them. I, I did like them, you know, before they went commercial when they were just Iron dawn <laughs> Wow, <laughs> wow. I need a ruling real quick. Yeah, uh, and I realize we live in a, in a you know a newfangled gender neutral society. All right, but you know I, I still think that man cards should be passed out every once in a while. I, I just want to know, Daniels and. I have no problem with a man getting a facial, all right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think a facial is something, even if you like getting them, if you're a man, that you should make that public. Like Scott, I was talking to Scott during the
0: break, and he was telling me about his facial. Well, maybe facial. he didn't want to make it public, but you just did. So I guess <laughs> pretty I was, much I, there goes that thought. I was, yeah, about, I was it, about to do it anyways. Uh, yeah.
1: But I told him, if he tells
0: me, he's made it public. I'm at telephone, telegraph, but, but tell tele the bulldog Yeah, see, I'm going to respectfully disagree. Scott's very okay. comfortable in his life and, and enjoys things, and if he wants to share that, then if he's comfortable with it, then I, I don't think it bothers you, but, you know. Uh,
1: no, nah. or maybe I should rephrase I mean, that. T- uh, 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 if like, you're a
0: real man, uh, should you make boy. that public? <laughs> How about a how about a manicure or pedicure? Pedicure is okay, yeah. What about a manicure? Mm,
1: that's a little dainty.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I, pedicure, I, I used to have
1: a like men like men need to get pedicures because men's feet and toes and gnarly nails are gross. Right. So, so, yeah, so yeah, pedicure. If you acknowledge
0: that, can you imagine the person doing the pedicures thinking worse about you? Like, good god. Sit down, Fred Flintstone. Let me see what I can do here to help you along yeah, the way. They, you know?
1: Yeah, they bring out the hedge clippers that cut right. my toes. Right.
0: But like, I, I I I wanted to stop picking my nails. And I've successfully done that. I, I, I've i overcome what was a habit. And picking your nails or biting your nails? Picking. Like, you know, oh, you peel, just yeah. peel them off. Right. Okay. And and I've successfully done that now and use clippers. And, and for me, mm-hmm. that was something I want to overcome. Like, it, 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 if I wanted to get that professionally done, would I mean? Would you think less of me now because of that?
1: Now, I, again, I have no problem with the actual act of getting it. I'm just talking about making it put like like I've gotten facials before too. I love them; I, they're great. But no, I, I just okay, because I
0: went run to you, go, hey Mike, look at the manicure I got. But you're okay with me getting it? You just don't want me coming yeah, up to oh, and go, check out my nails. What do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. A, you know, I'm a, yeah,
0: what do you think about the color I pick? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Well, I'm like getting a yeah, call. <laughs> I know. Although when I get a pedicure, Daniels, I do have them paint my toenails with clear nail polish. Why? Makes them kind of shiny. Huh? Why? Makes it Protects them. Makes them kind of shiny. Well... Nothing to matter with and shiny. And you want to pick toenails. on Scott. <laughs> I said... It's not picking on. To... It's not picking on. I don't have a problem with it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, got interesting, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh sounds like, sounds
0: like a poll for tomorrow to me. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. You were talking earlier, um, when uh, Mike Eugan was on about the transfer portal. And you know, we've mm-hmm. covered that a lot in, in our time. It and I it's very interesting. There was the initial wave when the portal opened and then it did ease up and, and, and Mike did correctly point out there's gonna be two more big waves. Um, there's going to be players that are going to play in a bowl game that then why, will enter. Why would you? Why would you wait to enter the portal to play in a bowl game? Uh, well, it's not just that. Is some players know that I'm not a top priority. Let me go see what else opens up. Who who else is leaving? And it. Are there better opportunities uh, out there? I mean, there's some guys that actually understand this, meaning I'm not an All-American, but I want to go yeah. pl- uh, play someplace else. So you know, let me see, and maybe I don't want to give up where I'm at right now. It's like you said, why would you give that up? So maybe I'm just going to sit and let the first wave and then see what's out there, and then I'll put my name in. Maybe I'll play in a bowl game and, and, and see what's going on, and then you're going to have signing day. And then that will also uh, be another window. Signing day is this week, isn't it? Uh, signing day is next week, I think. Um, and so that'll be another wave. And we haven't even begun to see where players are going yet. So let's, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and what impact that also has. Mike also uh, said, it's December 21st. Okay. So that's a week from
1: Wednesday. Yeah. Mike said what? Mike, he also said that there there aren't that many quote unquote really good players in the portal this year so far.
0: Um I, I it, it just depends. Um I think Actually, I think he was talking mainly about the quarterback class. The well, I don't portal know about that. quarterback. I mean it's six six starter six starting quarterbacks in the ACC enter the portal. I mean there's not a Caleb Williams out there. Yeah. but there's some guys that, you know, have starting experience um, that are out there. But there, there's not, a, forget Caleb Williams. Is there even a Dylan Gabriel out there? I think the Leary kid at NC State's pretty good. Okay. Um, somebody was telling me on Friday that you're going to see the wave of where players are going. That's now going to begin to be because you got a bunch of collectives still negotiating and you got guys that are promising this, 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 and. Um that you know, we'll see in the next couple of weeks, because now you got guys that enter the portal that now are going back to well, so and so's offering me this, and then it's up to you to decide do I believe what he's saying or not. And um you know, for for example, I think for both UCF fans and Florida fans, just watch the next couple of weeks and see what happens. As far as kids that are gonna announce they're going to your school. I think you're gonna be, oh wow, okay. That's interesting. Mm. Sounds like like Daniels has some intel to me. Mike, this isn't intel that anybody can't figure out themselves, okay? Do you not think Gus Malzahn was working the transfer portal?
1: Yeah, he works as hard.
0: He's he's one of the better ones at it. And same deal with Billy Napier. Billy Napier knew going into this fall, that, and it's why he's got this massive staff, we have to be active, because I can't just rely on, and he's going to end up probably getting a top ten recruiting class in high school. I think you're going to see Florida's also going to, you know, be very active in that portal as well, and 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 add some guys. And just like last year, there's going to be players who, who, who stats don't blow you away. Like like when you see I've added Javon Baker, there was no stats at Alabama to go, holy smoke. Other than he was a a four star kid that Alabama recruited. Well, it turned out to be really good, <laughs> you know. So you may yeah. see other guys like well, he didn't play much. Okay, but they can be really, really good for you. And I think you may see. I
1: wonder if guys like Javon Baker and uh, Kobe Hudson and and guys who come from, you know, big-time SEC programs who have some success at UCF. Let's say Javon Baker. Is he, he like, in the ear of other maybe Alabama players saying, hey, you're looking for a landing spot. This could be a good spot. I mean, you do like your pl- your the players on your current roster to help r- help you recruit. Oh, I wouldn't see. be surprised at that at all.
0: And, and I would say this. I've, I've gotten to know Javon Baker just through the season. Uh, but when the portal opened and certain players made announcements, he was one of those guys that told UCF fans he likes where he's at. And I would think Javon Baker knows a lot of people that he probably has reached out to about coming to play at UCF.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As he should.
1: Peace, love, boil peanuts, have a great show.
0: All right, Mikey, thank you much. It was an interesting football weekend, both college to a degree and a lot of action. The pros and the magic. Could another victory song be coming soon? Wow. Monday edition of the Beat of Sports is next.